Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Keith Custer, who'll be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Keith, what's up? Oh, just living the dream. I, You know what? I'm going to join you in that and as we get started and on our journey through another episode of Startup Hustle, which is brought to you by Fullscale.io, which is my company and Matt Watson's as well. We help people build development teams quickly and affordably. So... Your company does something different. Keith, you are the founder and CEO of the Ripple.net. Is this true? That is correct. We might uh, shrink that down a bit, but I had a little ego boost that day. I was writing it. But. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, you are the founder and CEO, right? It's, it's true. You're allowed to have, as a startup founder, you are allowed to have as many titles as you, you would like to. We've had people in here that are the founder, CEO, janitor, and the guy. So... <laughs> Yeah. So our subject today is donation technology, which is what you guys do at the ripple.net, right? That's correct. So it's a pretty broad term. So we're, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and narrow it, narrow it down a little bit. For those of you listening, you know, I like it when you're interactive. So get out your phone, open up a browser, go to the ripple.net or open up the gram and check out at just ripple it while you're there. You can also check out the Startup Hustle YouTube channel and you can find us on the gram at Startup Hustle Podcast. Let's talk about donation technology, man. What what made you what made you get all of this started and what do you guys do? Well, the origin <clears throat> the origin just came from wanting to help people out. I got about 13 years in the car business and actually really enjoyed what I did. I slept great at night. I got to help people reestablish credit, maintain their livelihood and, um, enjoyed the job. I trained the leadership, but, uh, as we all know, business can be finicky and the owners that I worked for ended up selling off to another outfit and they came in, in a little more corporate minded, um, you know, wanting to make, you know, more money than, uh, than good relationships. And we kind of just didn't see eye to eye on the way that people were starting to be treated. So I, uh, submitted my resignation, but in the process, uh, just, just made a, a prayer. Um, I just wanted to be used to be able to help people out. Um, and that was really the only prerequisite that, that I had in, in, in prayer was that, uh, you know, I just want to make a difference. I want people's lives to be better because I was around them. So as that uh, kind of uh, passed, an idea came that uh, when I was looking out in my garage and bad weather was coming, I realized, well, crap, I can't even park in here. I'm going to have to get rid of some of this stuff. I'd done well enough to where I didn't need the money for it. I just wanted it gone, but I felt too guilty to throw it away. Um, so I, a light bulb went off that said, there's people that would pay 15, 20 bucks for this old weight bench or kid's bed and things like that it would be a phenomenal deal. It'd do me a favor by getting rid of it, but to take it a step further, what if I appropriated that money for a nonprofit and said, Hey, you make a $50 donation to this church or to uh, some other nonprofit locally, um, we could kind of create a ripple effect. That's where the name came from is just taking one act of kindness and really trying to benefit as many people as possible from that act. 
So in a nutshell, that's where it came from, is just wanting to be able to empower people to help out more than just one person um, in, in their actions. All right. So I commend you. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. I'll tell you what, I'm all for anything that gets rid of some stuff from my house. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old and a wife that loves to hang on to stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll tell you what, man, the struggle is real. Um, and, and you know, with that, I, I've been in that seat where you also look at stuff and you're like, man, I, I feel guilty, you know, and you have the, the ability to go you know, dump all that stuff off at the door at Goodwill. Um, but, and, and Goodwill, I love you, but that's actually a for-profit company, isn't it? Well, they're, they're <laughs> not, prof- well, they're, 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 they're in that ballpark. They're 501 C three, but uh, there's definitely people making, there's a little, leak- there's a little leakage on the way to the actual end user there. So now with that, I think most people would love to be able to say, Hey, you know, I could raise some money for whatever cause or charity that they want. So mm-hmm. if I want to, if I want to use the ripple.net, can I do that? Can I like say, okay, here's all the, here's all the crap that I need to get rid of. And can I determine where that goes? Or do you have preset, do you have preset charities for that? Yeah. So I definitely have a responsibility to the public to make sure I'm vetting these charities, make sure, sure no one's posing as, as a nonprofit and the money's actually going into their check. And we know the world we live in, there's some opportunistic sure. people who'd be happy to um, get a free check. So the vetting process, I'm just going to run the EIN number of the nonprofit uh, through the IRS, make sure that they do have 501c3 certification, do a quick interview with them, check out their facilities, check out their goals, make sure that there's nothing controversial in the news, you know, making sure they're not picketing soldiers, funerals, and, you know, sure. having some hateful speech, you know, in, in their efforts. Um, but as long as they can pass that, then there's an authority on nonprofits called GuideStar, which will kind of uh, check to see if they're um, operating at deficits or surpluses. And, and basically, they kind of grade the charities. But beyond that, um, I'll put them on my, on my list of participating charities. They authorize me to write a tax receipt on their behalf. So as soon as you buy something on my site, in real time, the seller gets a tax receipt in the nonprofit's name. The buyer gets a receipt from PayPal because everything's checked out electronically. This is a cashless site. It's safer. If you show up to buy something for $1,000, you're not expected to have $1,000 in cash in your pocket. So in theory, you should have a lot less risk of people getting robbed. and Maybe a little buyer protection there with PayPal. Absolutely. Um, But beyond that, it's absolutely free for the charity to use. We just want to make sure that they are um, out there helping people and doing what they're saying they're doing, and they can participate um, on the side as, as a participating charity and bring their donor uh, base on board and add to the marketplace. So are you a charity? I am for profit. The okay. way that the, uh, the fruit shakes off is, let's say you sell a $100 uh, or sell a bicycle on my site for a $100 donation to your local church or, or to a, a, a warrior's uh, advocacy uh, nonprofit. I would keep 3%. PayPal keeps almost 3%, which we can negotiate down later as we run a certain amount of money. But 94% of that sticker price makes it to the charity. So on a $100 uh, price, $94 would make it to the charity. Still a very large amount of each sticker price is making it to the nonprofit. 
Um, it's, it's just, also a really thin margin. It is to try to operate off of. I mean, three three points is is thin. That's razor thin. I mean, that's almost like credit card processing rates because you can see PayPal's drawing the same rate. There's so. transactions when PayPal will actually make more than me. Sure, um, absolutely, because. They, they actually have two points. Well, when you say make more than you, you I'm imagining you got to push some volume through this just to even pay the bills at this point. So you're not technically making money at that point, even though you might not be a not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. You can still be a, a – well, I think so many of our guests are uh, – well, I might run a not-for-profit. I have, I have a couple of businesses that – that don't really turn a, a tidy profit. Right. Software companies are kind of known for that, you know, and that's, I mean, so, uh, and this podcast, you know, this is, this is not technically a 501c. We are, um, we could be classified as a for-profit non-profiting entity. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a, a tricky, it's slippery slope. Okay. So let's, so, you know, this is, and this is a, um, this is something that we haven't, you know, donation technology. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, we always like to f- pick a conversation to talk about this. Now, are there other people or things that do the same thing as you? So there's like some, who are your competitors? Yeah. So um, I would just consider them to be, you know, real uh, trailblazers in the industry. I don't see them as direct competition because really they're just enlightening people on alternative ways to give. Traditionally, if, if you didn't have time, blood or money, there wasn't much that you could offer to a nonprofit, but, um, you know, the conglomerate, uh, media is like Facebook. They're doing some really cool things on the birthday, uh, donations. I see. And, you know, a lot of, um, uh, retailers. But that's not a direct competitor. I mean, no. I mean, technically, if you're going to do it like that, any any the Catholic Church passing the plate around on Sundays competition, but that's not the same thing as what you do. Exactly. So the closest thing that I can find to it is there's some really cool. Uh, there's a place called Omaze that is selling um, experiences at um, basically via like raffle tickets. I see. And or like know, con- like concert tickets or yeah. Sh- okay, sure. Yeah, you know, uh, you know tours of venues and, and, you know, meet and greets with, uh, you know, some really popular people and they've done great. Um, I've, I've really, uh, sat back and and watched, you know, what, what they're doing, but as far as having an online marketplace where 94% of the proceeds are going to charity and just empowering the donor bases that want to get involved, but maybe don't have a ton of money in their account. I haven't found anybody doing it. This is a one of one. Um, this was not a, a replication of any other ideas that I'd seen out there. Um, we do have some features that kind of build off of what some other people are are doing. Uh, we've got a feature similar to uh, Groupon, sure, where we allow for small businesses to get into the mix. Um, we allow for if a say a roofer wants to put a, a coupon out that says you make a hundred dollar donation to the charity that they pick. They'll take $500 off of the roofing package. That's a good idea too. So now the buyer gets a great deal on a roofing package. They're happy. The small business gets free exposure and gets known as a roofer that actually cares about the community that they're serving. And they're not doing free service. It's just discounted. So they're guaranteed business when that gets bought. Then obviously the money goes to the charity and the charity gets exposure, which charities don't have deep marketing budgets, you know, so they need any additional exposure that they can get. So it ripples out. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're scattered, you know, like there's, there's a million causes that need your donation. 
And like you said, they don't, it's a, it's a bandwidth thing and it's a resource thing. So, you know, you have charities, you know, the goodwills of the world and, and, you know, the, and Salvation Army and these things that are, you know, massive and widespread. But I mean, here's the reality. And the reason I don't give money to those things, I do make a, my wife and I make a charitable donation every year somewhere. Um, but we try to make it, we try to make it as direct and, and possible. And over the last several years, what we've done is we go to, so Children's Mercy Hospital here in town oh, yeah. where my sister works, um, we go, so at, in the, in the children's, um, ER and like where they, they actually spend time, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if they're there for more than a night, they have a huge shortage of things like, um, I mean, clothes, you know, cause yeah. they get to, they get there for some emergency and they don't have what they need. And some, sometimes they run into that. So we go to Walmart and buy like a thousand dollars worth of like gloves, hats, mm -hmm. shirts, like socks, and these like super, super utilitarian things. Mm -hmm. And they love it. And it, it's a, it's a no leak kind of donation because we're not, you know, and the reason I don't give money to the things like Goodwill and, and Salvation Army is because you mentioned they're kind of bloated and you're kind of paying some other people's salaries and, and I appreciate everything they do. But if you get down to, and, and really get down to the nitty gritty, you'll find that like, I mean, really only like in some of those cases, only 10 to 20% of that money actually makes it to the people that you want to make it to. And the rest of it's buying TV ads and, and offices and retail space and paying people salaries and paying for trucks that come around and pick stuff up. And I mean, I still am sure that that 10 to 20% is still a massive amount that makes it through, but there are some, there are some more, um, there's a, 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 a lot more clever way to get your money to the end, end user. You hit it right on the head. Yep. <clears throat> there's so much overhead with those operations and, no matter which side of uh, which political party you you uh, affiliate with or which God you pray to, if any God, there's going to be causes out there that you care about. And the thing with the goodwills is, you know, they're, they're going to go out and do good stuff with that. Yeah, money, yeah. But you may have a closer affinity to a veterans or a family advocacy or, or pets or environmental. And you've got resources that are you've been tripping over, yep. you know, they, yep. that you are just rearranging in your house constantly and you can go and pass on to somebody else, but on another token, who doesn't want a good deal? Everybody, regardless of your financial situation, sure. everybody likes to save money. You may have one tree to chop down in your backyard. You don't want to pay 300 bucks for a chainsaw. You may want to get online and find one for 40, 50 bucks. You get a, a good deal. Charity gets money. Somebody cleans out their garage and we're all kind of helping each other if out. If you have a deal on tree removal, I'd like to know about it because I have a tree I need to get rid of. So right. there you go. I would, I would take, I would take someone up on that. Um, okay. So let's, let's get back to the, to the startup nature of this and, and all of it. So you're, you're here, we're here in Kansas city right now. Now we've had listeners in 192 countries, which is crazy for those of you listening. Thank you. Like, who are you guys? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really amazing. Last night I had the privilege of um, presenting to over 200 people here in Kansas City at the Pure Pitch Rally, and we gave away $60,000 worth of, uh, of credits at full scale to try to help you know move our own startup community forward. Um, but and for those of you listening, if you're out somewhere, if you're not in the United States, Kansas City is right in the middle of the United States. Um, uh, you know, we love our hometown. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. You, I, you don't sound like you're from here. Born and raised. Are you? KCK. Okay. You know? That's, that's surprising. I was going to guess maybe a little, a little more South, but, <laughs> um, so, you know, and that's, and that's all good. So, um, 
are most of the, so how long, how long has this been around? Five months. Okay. So, uh, launched in. So we need some people listening to get on the ripple.net and put a few things up. Go make your ripple. Um, the thing is we've got 10 participating charities, but I need representation for every type of nonprofit, environmental pet advocacy, everything that is out there in the nonprofit sector this site can be used as a tool for. Yeah, I think you need a little heat from people talking about it on social media too. That's it. Yeah. It, it, it is absolutely a tool to help people who want to help out other people. Yeah. So if, if you got that in your heart, you got to check M- this Making out. a post about stuff like the ripple.net is in my, by my definition, a donation as well. It is. Because you kind of spread the word and you think about it, you know, on different things too. Think about where you, um, and, and, I mean, really, and not to discourage you from posting about the ripple.net, but posting about any cause you believe in that's charitable is, is in a way a form of donation. And some of us have a more extensive network than we would, we would believe, you know, I mean, I look at my LinkedIn page, I got 21,000 connections there and that's a pretty broad number of people that can see stuff. So, you know, get out there and, 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 and say something about it. But if you're listening and you've got kids, you've probably got a whole bunch of crap you don't need. That's a good place to start. And then there's some other stuff too. Like, I mean, what are some of the, what are some of the hot and popular items? So clothing's big, you know, people change we, styles. We should have done a family feud here, by the way. I yeah. should have like, <laughs> like, but I'll, like, yeah, I would have been a good spot for that. Yeah. So, so clothes. Yeah. Things that people grow out of. Those are, those are really popular. Um, you know, some of the older technology things, you know, I've been given some, some tube TVs, you know, from 2002, mm. not necessarily looking for those. People are definitely willing to get rid of them because you can't just throw those away. You're not supposed to just throw them away. Yeah. Um, but as far as the five months that we've been in, in business, we are just really hurting for, to get people to put a variety of content on there. You know, we need some more furniture. We need some more, uh, power tools and, and, you know, uh, um, Anything that you can, you know, from video games to uh, dog kennels, anything that you would sell on an online marketplace, we have a category for, but right now some of the shelves are just sitting empty. The whole, it sounds cliche, but the whole, if we knew better, we'd do better approach. It's the truth. I need people to realize that this is going to be a great way to get rid of your stuff, but also not only a great way to give, but a good way to receive. You know, uh, I'll, I'll, listeners, I'll give you a couple hints for those of you that just bought the new iPhone 11. You might have another phone that like I got the iPhone 10 X or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the thing that's worth probably 300, 400 bucks. Just or I don't know, a couple hundred bucks to someone. That's a pretty significant donation. Um, you know, other things too, like old tablets um, and, and no, no charity wants your tube TV. No one wants your rear projection big screen that you were going to throw away. No one wants your piano from 1930 that weighs mm-hmm. 200 or 2000 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, like those aren't the things, but on the flip side, um, musical instruments are, are good. Um, and I've been involved in the past. I was on the, uh, and this kind of, this shut down after about five years due to lack of our own inability to manage it. But I was on the board of a, of a charity called keys for kids. And when I used to work in the music industry, I went around to music. I was at music stores a lot and I'd, I'd round up extra musical instruments and we donated them. At one point we outfit a whole entire, um, uh, three different schools, in New Orleans after the floods mm-hmm. that happened down there when the levees broke. And 
you know, musical instruments are expensive yeah. and a lot of people have them and you quit playing them. So if you're not going to, if you're not going to play that guitar, donate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this rule with my own musical equipment where if I haven't played it in a year, then I didn't need it and I probably didn't want it. Mm-hmm. So I've donated a lot of stuff in that regard. So, you know, just different things like that. Um, Appliances. Sure. You know, we're all always seeing new refrigerators, washers and dryers. You want a front loader so you don't have to you know, yep. dig down into the top loader. There are families out there. There's people coming out of divorces or incarceration or addiction, and they're trying to reestablish themselves. They would be so happy to be able to get a washer and dryer set to send their kids to school and clean sets of clothes. That is the sort of blessings that some of these people are looking for. Not name brands. They just don't want dirt stains on their kids' clothes. And, but they can't afford to buy a new set. So they need one for a hundred bucks. You happen to be upgrading something this weekend or there's a tax-free weekend. We all know that there's going to be some sales here coming up around Black Friday. If you're thinking about upgrading those things, think about the ripple.net to put those things on the site. You won't even have to break your back hauling it out. People will be happy to haul it out of your house for you. And we can bless a charity in the process. Yeah. So I used to own a, a well, own part of a business that delivered millions of dollars of fitness equipment. And, uh, man, you've got that shit sitting in your basement and if you don't use it, donate it because <laughs> it's not getting any newer sitting there, but someone will probably use it. A lot of people buy home ex- exercise stuff and then it just becomes, it's in the way. Yeah. And Hey, we're at the end of the year. People are going to start, uh, you know, calculating how much, you know, taxable donations have they made this year? Well, this way you can actually make a taxable donation that, you don't actually have to dig into your account for, yep. you know, so you can make a thousand dollars worth of, of contribution and still had the exact same amount in your account as you did before that donation. There's really no other uh, format that I can see where you can get credit for making a thousand dollar donation. And there's, there's no impact on your bank account. Now you mentioned that you guys do services too. Mm-hmm. So man, what a great way. Like if you're a service provider, wherever you're at, I mean, think about this. What's the lifetime value of a, of a client or a customer or a user? And are you really 100% booked? Because would you rather give $100 off on a $500 order, donate 100 bucks to charity, do some good, and, and, and you know, start creating some goodwill around the community, meaning do a good job when you show up and that next person, maybe they'll tell someone, yeah. tell someone else. I mean, services are about the easiest thing you can donate. So, I mean, I know a lot of people listening around here, especially in Kansas city or service providers, throw something up. You might actually get a client out of it. And you're not giving the service away. You're just doing it as, as a discount. And a lot of us know, you know, here, here's the deal. Millennials are finally the largest working class in America. Millennials are not the brand whores that they used to be. They are researching the companies that they give their business to. One of the biggest selling points for a millennial is what is that company doing to give back to a cause and specifically what cause are they giving back to? Shoppers are researching this. And if your company's not giving back to a cause, first off, why? And secondly, how can you do it as easily and efficiently as possible? Well, the ripple.net is one way that you can do it. Just promote your business on there and outline the the foundation that you want the money to, to go to and problem solved. Now you're a company that cares about the community that it serves 
and hey, you're going to be getting some business in the process. Well, that was like last night, like I mentioned, you know, Matt Watson and I, we gave away $60,000 in services to eight area startups. And, you know, that was through a pitch competition. It's the second year we've done that. We've given away 130 grand over the last 12 months to that. And that's an example of like how you, how you can support your local community a little bit because those businesses, um, those businesses can and will potentially create more employment and do a whole lot of different things, you know, for that, you know, if you go back and want to listen in the feed, there's a one that says we give away 50 K well, we give away 60 K. Um, but you know, that's the kind of stuff that, I mean, that, that 60 K is less than 1% of our mm-hmm. annual revenue. Yeah. And, been- and, and by the way, all of those companies could potentially become our clients after using that credit. Now that's not our expectation, but mm-hmm. it could happen. So, I mean, that could very easily become a positive transaction. There's no doubt in my mind you did it for the right reason. But I think you'd also agree that in order for us to gain, we got to sacrifice a little bit, you know, and by making those sacrifices, people will reciprocate it and then they will sacrifice for you. And, and, you know, like you said, from that kindness that you just demonstrated just last night, $60,000 worth of credit is incredible it's going to come full circle because people are going to want to work with somebody that actually cares enough to put themselves second or third and put others first. It's so much easier to live in a world where people are going to be looking out for each other instead of us all looking out for ourselves. It comes back tenfold. The reason we do that is both Matt and I, you know, we've been in that, that seat a bunch mm-hmm. of times yeah. uh, just trying to get started. Oh, hell yeah. And let's talk about that for a second. So you said you had a history in the car business yep. and now you're, you're building a technology platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how challenging has that been for you? I am a kindergartner when it comes to tech savvy. Um, it happens. You, you won't be. Yeah. yeah. No, here's the thing is if, if, if you're not about learning, you know, then, then you're, you're going to get passed up. If you're not about growing then you know, you're going to shrink. So I just took a leap of faith. You know, sometimes we just wait for the right time and then it never comes. Well, I, I wasn't going to wait. I said, you know, I'll figure it out. Um, you know, the survivor mentality and really the putting yourself second, uh, approach is what drove me to this. I realized that the cause was much more than much more important than my comfortability of the, of the industry that'll all come. But if we know that people need something, why would you ever wait? You know, why would you say that it's just not the right time? If somebody's drowning, you can't say, well, you know, I can't get my shoes wet. I can't, you know, it's not a good time for me to go save somebody. It just doesn't work like that. You have to go. And the world needs something like this. We're constantly waiting for the government to come bail us out on prison reform or opioid epidemics and all these things. The government's not a specialist on treating these things. There are special foundations specifically designed to address these situations, but they need the money to do it. They're spending so much time and effort on their fundraising and their exposure that they are limited to maybe a third of their effort to being actually appropriated to the outreach. So if we can help them raise the money, they can turn around and help us fix our problems. You know, get the stuff out of the dump, help the guys get off of the, you know, the the sauce and and start contributing back to their families and and raising their kids the way they're supposed to and giving, you know, working single parents an outlet for their kids to have a healthy environment after school so that they're not selling drugs, committing crimes and and raising each other. We need our parents to be able to have the support system so that they can raise a healthy community. 
and it and it ripples out. It teaches other people how to be. So going back to the, you know, you mentioned feeling like a kindergartner. I say, you know, I I sometimes draw some heat from people when I they say some people I know say I overly simplify things, but in the end, everything is down to you know apparently everything in this universe might be made out of zeros and ones, Mm -hmm. but the whole thing is is like there is a really simple solution, and I say you know all of us were inexperienced until we weren't. And then you mentioned this isn't the right time. Well, you know, in my book, Balance Me, I, I say this pretty emphatically. The right time never comes. There's no such thing as the right time. The, saying the right time is not upon you as an excuse for your, inact, your inactivity. Um, you know, the, it, there's never a right time to buy a house, to change a job, to do this, to do that. It's just not really a, a real thing. You can, that's an excuse. So, you know, that, that Nike effect, just do it mm-hmm. is, is important. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, you mentioned, you, okay, here, I, I'm, I've been selling cars for 13 years and now I'm going to open a tech platform. Dude, I did the same thing at one point, you mm-hmm. know, and this was 10 years ago. And so now I've become quite experienced, but I learned it all on Google, dude, mm-hmm. and YouTube yep. and reading a few books here and there and talking to a lot of people that sometimes I nagged the shit out of to be like, Hey, 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 you know, I'll come to you, make it easy to go. If you want to ask someone for knowledge. And by the way, I hate this approach. I hate the, can I buy you coffee? I I hate that because I, I'm not, I'm not interested in, in leaving my office, going out of my way, coming and finding you at Starbucks, parking, all this driving back. And by the time that occurs, that 20 minute meetings, like a two hour thing. So if you want to learn from people and you want input from people, first off, look at things like this podcast and you know, there are literal, this is free. You can listen to this four days a week for free. And you know, I'll tell you what people, if you don't like the podcast, I'll give you your money back. How about that? But there's just literally, we're in this golden age of information and experience and you can get so much information from people in general, but you got to ask, you got to do something about it. Yeah. You know, be the hunter, not the prey. Mm -hmm. And you know, so many of the things you talk about is you're waiting for some, where we wait as a society for people to do this or do that or whatever, like take some action. Like, and, and, you know, it does frustrate me that the, um, the lack of activity on some part, cause I'm a hustler, man. I get up and do, th- I, I do too many things. Mm-hmm. I should do less, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of chase some certain things and I jump down some rabbit holes now and then, and every now and then, if you get down, you're like, ah, oh, this is really deep. I don't know if I want to go that far, then crawl back out, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and find something that's a good fit. But if you, there's something you're passionate about, I mean, it makes it real easy to get up and do it on the days that you don't want to do it. I mean, self-discipline is a basic description. It's about doing things that you don't want to do at the times that you least want to do them. Mm-hmm. So, and some of that is actually doing good. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you for letting me stand on my soapbox there. No, but but it's it's true that. though. I mean, it's whether that's, you know, for learning technology or making a donation or anything. And you know, Keith, the world needs people like you. And it's a good thing. You know, so many people we you know, we've had quite a few people in here that do a lot of things and that are that are that are, you know, selfless and it's okay that you're not a not for profit. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that would actually probably complicate things a little more. So, um, all right. So basically then go to the ripple.net and check this out. Uh, I need some of you to go follow at just ripple. It's that's just ripple. It. That's pretty easy. If you, if you search out, just, if you search just rebel, you come up first. You can also check us out and check them out in the followers on the at startup hustle podcast. Okay. So you, you, this is an online marketplace. Now we've had an episode. If you're interested in online marketplaces, you need to go, you know, go check out the episode we have called online marketplace where I sat down with uh, Ben Edwards from Swappa, which is an online marketplace for used electronics. And they do like $90 million a year. They're pretty legit. Um, But one of the things that is difficult in the beginning with any marketplace is what I refer to as the empty marketplace effect. Mm -hmm. So how did you overcome that? Cause you mentioned there are still some categories where the shelves seem empty the problem is, is when a marketplace is empty, it's kind of like a bar on a Friday night. People walk in and it's empty and then they walk back out. But the problem is, is until some people are in there, that's going to keep happening. So how have you gotten past that? Yeah. And that's been the biggest barrier is just getting this thing social proof, getting people comfortable enough for them to realize this thing's not going away. So uh, actually, this is the first month that I've started putting some money into some marketing approaches, just been doing the social media, um, guerrilla marketing for the last few months. And we're going to, we're going to ramp it up. Um, so doing, um, some commercials going to be doing some, uh, well, obviously with the podcast today on the startup hustle, um, done a, one other podcast, but for now, what we're wanting to do is to just get engagement from the community because I don't want to drive a ton of people to an empty store. I'm going to need some people to start, getting in the game, you know, making the ripple and starting to realize that this is a deal where together we can thrive. If people can promote their small business, get rid of their stuff that they don't need, you know, create a a healthier, cleaner home by getting rid of things and keeping them out of the dump, um, it, it will start putting more content on the site, but that's something that we're still trying to overcome. Uh, we have by no means cleared it's, that. It's hurdle. a real, it's a real issue. We have I not mean, cleared it, it. And, you know, I shared this story in the, and so years ago, um, part of the, you know, we, I owned a ticket business, but with that, we owned a bunch of sites that act that, that acted as a marketplace for buyers and sellers of mm-hmm. event tickets. And you have to drive traffic to those. And I got, and so we used to post ads on things like Craigslist and other places. And, you know, you post a few more than a couple ads there, they start ghosting you. Mm-hmm. So meaning like your ad, they, it seems as if you placed it, but it never shows up. So with that, we, uh, I got frustrated with that. So I said, I'm going to build my own classified site. So I built a couple of them and they were very similar and they were really, they were, they were, um, they were efficient and clever software platforms, but the but then I quickly realized I was like, oh shit, there's no one posting anything in here. So we would actually push some traffic to it because we could populate it with our own ads, but that would be one section of the site, and right. it's just it was tough. And we never got those things off the ground because mm-hmm. we didn't overcome that empty marketplace thing. Mm-hmm. So you know, some of the things if you have a, a marketplace, whether it's donation technology or anything else. Um, you might just have to give it away for free. 
yeah, for a while, like no fees or something like that. Just, just try to get some adoption out of it. Mm-hmm. Anything you can do to push people, to push sellers in there. Cause like I said, people don't shop at stores with empty shelves. Right. And that's, that's a tough thing. And that's, that's a real thing. So as we're driving through our neighborhoods and we're seeing all these garage sales, or maybe you're getting ready to do a garage sale uh, while the weather holds up, those sorts of things, you can actually post your garage sale on a post on the ripple.net. Interesting. I put a video feature on there. So if you're willing to maybe donate two things out of the garage sale, you can shoot a video and say, hey, this weight bench and this kid's bed are going for donations to this cause. But all this other stuff I've got in my garage, I'm selling. You can get that in a 15, 30 second video. You can put that on my site and do a free commercial for your garage sale. Then if you get left with some other things, hey, I got an idea on how you can purge it. Put the rest of the stuff on the Ripple and and get rid of it. You, you're not doing a garage sale to save money. You're doing a garage sale so that you can park in your garage or get rid of some of your crap. You know, So this is a great way to do it. Same thing with the churches when they do their garage sales or um, anytime that anybody's getting rid of it. God forbid you lose a loved one and suddenly you've got an influx of hundreds of things that are worth something, but you just need to get rid of them. What better way to honor a loved one in their passing by saying, hey, this money's going to go to cancer research or to, you know, mothers against drunk driving, you know, however they passed away, maybe you bless that charity that, that helps out families in that situation. I don't think it's too bad of an idea. Sure. You guys got to get out there and do something. Remember, just do it. All right. So we've been uh, we've been wrapping up episodes with what we have just now lovingly renamed the Founders Freestyle. So we're gonna we're I'm gonna go ahead and turn that over to you, and uh, you get you get the mic. You get to uh, pass on any knowledge, advice, understanding, anything that you would like entrepreneurs, founders, or uh, or anyone to know from what you've learned. And the whole point of this is to try to help others avoid avoid the pitfalls. Yeah, there you go. So the main thing that I want everybody to remember. Uh, about the ripple.net is that this was designed with the donors empowerment in mind. This is not designed uh, specifically to put more money in the nonprofit's pocket. This is to empower you on a way to promote your business, to help you thrive. So in turn, you can go out and help out other people. This is just a tool to add to your belt. It's not designed to cannibalize anything else. If you like doing 5k runs or golf tournaments or galas, keep doing them. Those are awesome things. But now we've got a new way to improve other people's lives. Something to take away from this is if you're not in the habit of giving, I want you to go out and try it. I promise nine times out of 10, you will get more out of giving than the person you actually gave something to. Giving does have a massive return on it. It may not be monetary, but I promise it's something that you can't put a price on. So I'm going to give you all a tip about making a donation because sometimes people have this, they have this tendency to say, I don't have time. And this goes for anything. So this is this and my freestyle here is, is around, um, around I, it's, and I mentioned my book, Balance Me. You can go check that out. By the way, it's like, I think it's a dollar 99 on Kindle. It's like, or 99 cents. It's, it's cheap. Because I want you to read it because it's got some some good stuff in there. But I have this uh, this method I call substitution, and it's pretty simple. It's you got to look at the at the low value activities in your life. Low low value activities are things that do not move you towards your goals. 
and your goals can be personal, professional, or physical. But these are things like watching TV, um, just playing video games, different stuff like that. You can make a, an immediate and rapid change in your own life if you take small bits. If you recognize, oh wow, I'm 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 engaged in low value activity right now, and substitute that low value activity each day for 15, 30 minutes, maybe even an hour. Now do the math on that. An hour a day, that's 365 hours. Like what, how different, that would be nine 40 hour work weeks. Mm -hmm. Think about what you can accomplish over the course of a year. So some of these things, you know, through using the power of substitution, you can chip away at some really, really, I mean, you can get, you could get like a pilot's license, like four times, Mm -hmm. you know, a bunch of different stuff like that. And the same thing comes, you know, next time you're, you're doing something low value, you know, even or even couple it up. Like you can change a low value activity into a high value activity. You're sitting there binge watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. Get out your phone. List a couple things for sale on the ripple.net. Do something. It's okay. You'll Free. be all right. You'll live, people. You'll live. You'll live through the traumatic experience of putting your phone down or maybe just using it to do something else. Doing something besides visiting the at Startup Hustle podcast. <laughs> on the Instagram, but well, Keith, thanks again for, um, for coming in and, and telling us more about the ripple.net. For those of you listening, you can also check us out on the startup hustle YouTube channel. You can let us know whether or not we do in fact have faces made for radio. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.